position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite the deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Fixing to start one more trip round the sun. Everybody hoping this ride round be a little more giddy, a little more gay. Yep, all over town, champagne coaches are popping. Over in the Waldorf, the big shots is dancing to the strains of Guy Lombardo. Down in Times Square, the little folks is watching and waiting for that big ball to drop. They're all trying to catch hold of one moment of time to be able to say, right now, this is it. I got it. <laughs> Close by then, it'll be past. But they all happy. Everybody having a good time. Well, almost everybody. There's a few lost souls floating around out there. Now, if y'all ain't from the city, we got something here called a rat race. 
Got a way of chewing folks up so that they don't want no celebrating. Don't want no cheering up. Don't care nothing about no New Year's. Out of hope, out of rope, out of time. Well, the future, that's something you can never tell about. But the past, <laughs> that's another story. Hello, and welcome to episode number 218 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Happy New Year, everybody. This is our Game of the Year edition. Uh, our fourth annual Game of the Year edition. Uh, Crack Engineer. Oh, yes, Ivor Molina over there in the booth. Happy New Year to you, Ivor. You're fucking fired. Uh, he's holding up the whiskey sign. <laughs> ah, good. Yes, so this year we are bringing you... As ever... <clears throat> our 10 best games available for the new slash links operating system, which you and I and all of us know and love so well. Um, but first, before we begin, let's get to our top stories. We do have some top stories this this year. Oh, man, I'm so excited. I love New Year's. I hate New Year's. It's the worst. And mm. But anyway, I happy and healthy to all of you who are within the sound of my voice, um, especially friends of the show, because you are the chosen people. I have no idea what that means, but there you go. So, top stories. One weird thing about this episode. This is episode number 218. Oh, by the way, being recorded for you on December 28th, Friday, uh, 07, uh, 26 a.m. Pacific Coast time. That would make it 7.26 Pacific Coast time. You know, coast to the most, left coast. Um, and for our sequel friends, of course, that would make it, uh, what, 2018, 12, 28 but this is episode 218, which is our last episode of 2018. So this is episode 218. It's the last episode that's closing out 2018. I just thought that was weird. Mm. So, yes, our Game of the Year awards episode. Um, but before we get to that, I, I have a couple of corrections about last week's deals episode. By the way, the deals episode from last week, the Steam Winter Sale, is continuing now through um, January 3rd. So, a lot of the games that are on um, our Game of the Year list are still available uh, on sale at steep discounts, some of them. I'm not going to go through that with you because I already spent enough time this fucking week putting together the goddamn list of the Game of the Year, blah. But, last week, I fucked up. Uh, our buddy Bully Lockers uh, took it upon himself to kind of somewhat, kind of jump the gun a little bit. Don't worry. In 2019, he will be joining the show. He'll be in charge of... He'll, we'll be giving him a little space to handle the deals for us because he's been gracious enough to agree to that. But we forgot the three biggest deals that he put out on our Discord channel last week. We did not mention them which sucks because I think I just kept thinking while I was assembling that list for last week um, that I would just remember that those were on it. But anyway, um, Grand Theft Auto 5 
is one of the titles we missed. Witcher 3 is one of the titles we missed. And Kingdom Come, uh, what's it called? Kingdom Come Deliverance is another one of the titles we missed. And Kingdom Come Deliverance is, uh, all of these are now through, um, you know, January 3rd. Uh, let's look at the store page. One moment, please. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Why is it saying, oh, God. Yes, I was born on the 1st of January, 1901. Why does this always ask me that? Yeah, it's 50% off. Kingdom Come Deliverance is 50% off. Boldy says it's like a uh, new, better version of Skyrim, which is, to some that would be saying a lot, but to me that's not saying much, because Skyrim is not a difficult formula over which to improve. But... It does sound compelling. I bought it, and I'll be playing it in the new year. Grand Theft Auto V right now is $14.99. Um, and then The Witcher 3, I think, is also half off. Witcher. Whoops. Witcher 3 is $19.99. Um, and everyone loves this fucking game. And it, I've seen Boldy uh, stream it. Uh, and I've... I've played it a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, it's 50% off at $19.99. So, um, yeah, we are very excited that you could join us. Uh, we, <laughs> I was did my Darth Vader. We are pleased that you could join. Um, you know, right now, you know, maybe you have like a couple of minutes in between your New Year's Eve preparation, or like me, you're just staring down the abyssal, uh, 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 abysmal, uh, abyssal darkness, um, the hopeless void opening before you, as it does every year around this time of year. But regardless, I'm glad that you're with us, and I, really, I'm super excited about uh, Bully Lockers uh, joining us. You can find him on the Discord um, channel and torture him. Um, but yeah, we're we're working that out. And uh, without further ado, let's get this fucking show on the road. Shall we? Shall we get this New Year's Eve party? Well, it's not New Year's Eve party, but this is our New Year's episode, our Game of the Year episode. Let's get on the let's get the show on the road. Ivor, based him with it. Oh my god. It's Bolivian. Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. This year, we're doing ever our Game of the Year awards a little differently than we have in previous years because this year we saw possibly the biggest uh, change that we have seen to Linux gaming since Steam came to Linux gaming, and that would be of course Proton. Um, so, our rules this year were as follows. It must be a game that I've played this year. Um, I made no preferential uh, treatment towards native Linux games because that would be unfair to everyone who likes the Proton games, and that's going to be the vast majority of every human being on the face of the fucking planet. However, to ameliorate, like, this disparity, or, or this, you know, whatever the fuck you want to call it, don't you fucking look at me, Ivor! Um, we're going to start off our list this year with our three top Linux native games. These are 
outside, I know this is kind of unfair to these three games in of themselves because they they're excluded, like they're 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 made outcast. But fuck it, I have limited amounts of time left and sanity left, and I thought this would be the best way to you know. Yeah, if you're really a purist and you really want only native games, then fine. Fuck you. Here are three of the best Linux native games that I've played this year. And we'll start with number three, which would be Hyperspace Dogfights. And, oh, I gotta tell you, man, this year it killed me. It killed me to uh, to put this list together because there's so many different criteria. You know, like you have Proton versus Native versus Blah. And then then there's a game like Hyperspace Dogfights, which I'm going to tell you honestly, I was seriously thinking for a day or two about making my number one game of the year. I was thinking of making it our game of the year. But anyway, Hyperspace Dogfights is our, in terms of our native Linux games, Hyperspace Dogfights is a uh, pixel art, a pixel trash kind of Blah that combines elements of missile command in a lot of ways um, with a side-scrolling skill-based air combat two-dimensional roguelike that is one of my favorite games of the year. Um, I've spent a lot of hours playing it it is fantastic. I've never been able to completely beat it, though. I've gotten to the very, 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 very end of it. Um, but then they started updating it, and then other then Proton dropped, and I moved on to other games. Um, but I've logged at least... I don't know. I think, I'm pretty sure we reviewed it. Did we review it? Hyperspace Dogfights. Oh, come on, Ivor. I, 115 hours were logged in Hyperspace Dogfights this year. Oh, and by the way, for those of you who are new to Best Linux Games Podcast, um, this year, uh, we, we, we always pick 10 games and then our game of the year. Um, this year, we'll, we'll know more about this, uh, in generally the first week of January is when we do our stats episode, but we have exceeded our 300, our 256, we, normally we play 256 games a year. This year we've gone well beyond that, I'm pretty sure. Um, but we'll, well, that's just to give you an idea of, you know, what the talent pool was like for this year. So, okay, so that that's number three, that's Hyperspace Dogfights, an excellent game, which is not on sale. Number two is Space Tyrant, which is a game which I have some relationship with, um, just in appearance, I mean, they've never, they haven't paid me off or anything. They named the people Blue Wizard Digital named their company after my book, um, and I sent them copies of the book after I played their game. Um, Space Tyrant is our number two native Linux pick because Space Tyrant combines like all of the best aspects of um, roguelikes with turn-based strategy with hilarious sense of humor with um, very simple yet incredibly challenging uh, tactical combat uh, 
fleet-based combat that happens in at arcade speed. Um, like literally, like you know, each time you get into tactical combat, it'll be like maybe tops two minutes. Um, that combined with its wicked sense of humor and um, it has great graphics. Uh, and it, the overall pace and play and sensibility of Space Tyrant really put it up there on our list for this year. So that's Space Tyrant. And our number one pick for native for games that are that began running natively on Linux this year is Dead Cells, the ultimate side-scrolling platformer, roguelike, Metroidvania. Um it's it's a it's a jack of all trades. I'm not even kidding. This game is one of my favorite games that I've ever played. I've logged over a thousand hours in it. It's not gonna show that to you on my uh, Steam stats because over 600, somewhere between 400 and 600 of those hours were logged uh, by playing it via Flatpak, but now it is natively available on Linux. Um, the great great qualities of Dead Cells are, well, okay, there's two two basic things. One, you can speedrun it. When you have nothing, you can speedrun it. Two, you can run it to try to beat the game, which I've never done. Um, and three, you can run it to try to get more shit. Um, more cells to unlock more upgrades, unlock more weapons, find more blueprints. Um, and more or less buttress your financial status. Now I want you all to sing with me because this is the song that I wrote for Dead Cells. I am Dungeon Scum. That is all I really am. Yeah, I am Dungeon Scum. That is all I really am. Yeah, I... And just keep that going throughout the podcast. And so long as you keep that going, or if you're watching live stream of me uh, playing Dead Cells, just remember, you keep singing that, I get to stay alive. And yes, you are Dungeon Scum. So that's Dead Cells, our number one pick for uh, Linux Game of the Year running native. Uh, natively running Linux game of the year. Now, that brings us to the bulk of our show, the reason why we're all gathered here so close to New Year's. Um, hopefully I get the chance to drop in some uh, nice music behind all this, but who knows. Ivor is packing up his things over there. It's so sad. Will there still be a clown in the sky for me? All right, the moment you've all been waiting for. Our best Linux games podcast, game of the year, top 10 picks, and then our game of the year. And we do have some honorable mentions after afterwards, but here we go. At number 10, we have Soul Calibur 6. Now, Soul Calibur 6 could have easily climbed, clawed its way to like, whoa, whoa the upper echelons of this list. Because um, we're going in reverse order, of course. Um, if if the main campaign mode, if that worked, which I don't know why it bothers me so much that it doesn't work, because everything else in the game works, including like the Libra Soul thing, which is like a create a character thing, and then like you know you get to play through like um, a huge campaign, collecting weapons, upgrading your character. 
the creative characters work, all of the online stuff basically works. I've not been able to get into a ranked match um, since I last tested, but Boldy Lockers and I and and me and other people have had lots of fun playing with, you know, each other, lots of strangers, etc. Soul Calibur 6, which is like absolutely a marquee title. It could not be number one on this list, though, because it is a fighting game, and fighting games very rarely make it to number one. But number 10 is Soul Calibur 6. You will not find a better, prettier fighting game um, with more gameplay options, uh, ironically, considering that you can't play the main story mode for each character, which is ridiculous. Um, and they fixed all the de novo shit, or it wasn't de novo to begin with. Like I always said, it was probably not de novo, and it was not de novo. It was just fucking bad netcode. Um, yeah, suck it, internet. Yeah, Squeaky Sprite was again right, because I don't jump to fucking conclusions. Um, but Soul Calibur Six had to be on this list. It it bumped out several other games. Because it, it's so hard, man, putting together this list. You, I mean, I had 45 on my short list, and then uh, my super short list was 25, and then my ultra short list was 20. And we have to get that down to 10. But Soul Calibur Six definitely made the cut. So, number nine, Wreckfest. W-R-E-C-K-F-E-S-T. Wreckfest is the ultimate demolition derby um, demolition derby race and demolition derby mud bowl, concrete bowl, and psycho bowl game to appear on Linux this year. That's the other thing that I should stress. All of these are games that I played this year on Linux that are, you know, I'm not going to distinguish via Proton or what, um, because it shouldn't matter to you. Because if it runs for me, it should basically run for you. Um, if you come up with any problems, feel free to ping me on uh, Twitter at VegasWriter, V-E-G-A-S-W-R-I-T-E-R and we can discuss them. But Wreckfest is a game for the ages. I mean, literally, it is a game the likes of which, if I'd had it when I was a little kid, I would have shit my pants and I would have died. I would have died of diarrhea. It would have given me diarrhea to death. Um, and actually, uh, uh, Bully Lockers likes Wreckfest too. Although, I don't think that either one of us have gotten multiplayer to work. Um, the single-player campaign, which we I think we reviewed this year, uh, it was a great game. Um, it's fantastic. The way the cars explode, the sheer simplicity, and also the, um, the, real, the sense of realism, it's like, it's simple without being arcadey, is what I'm trying to say. Tuning matters, but tuning is simplified because you are in these beat up fucking hulks of cars and you are you all are going to smash into each other at some point. Um, makes it so compelling. And the racing elements are fantastic. And beyond that, the Steam Workshop stuff that you can download in terms of tracks and game modes and cars. Oh my God. It, you know, it's like, hello, Proton. I love you. That was one of the first Proton titles that, um, you know, blah. Okay, so that's number nine. That's Wreckfest. Number eight, Witcher 3. The Witcher 3. Um, A game that I have not played that much at all. Like, I probably played 30, 45 minutes of it. But, oh my God, is that not a game that everyone fucking wanted 
to be able to play on Linux, and it runs like fucking buttery smooth death. Um, I've even seen Bully Locker's uh, live stream it, which is back in the day why I ended up getting Witcher 3. I did not get it at the sale price. Um, and sure enough, it runs like blah, and it is the, the most am- it is the mo- by far the most amazing game in that trilogy. Um, the Witcher 2 being a close second, the Witcher, the first Witcher, just if you've not played it, fuck it, just ignore it. Just get the Witcher 3 and then play backwards from there because trust me, like I, I told Jeff Jeffy Wise, just don't because he wanted to play Witcher 1 and then Witcher 2. And this is like a year and a half ago. And I'm like, dude, just fucking play Witcher 2. Because Witcher 1 is buggy and it was buggy and it's still kind of is buggy last time I checked. Witcher 2 runs great, but Witcher 3 runs even better than Witcher 2, and it's running it via Proton. Tremendously immersive uh, role-playing game. Uh, You get a horse at the beginning, which is interesting. Um, Etc. So that's, I mean, if you haven't heard of The Witcher 3, then you probably live under a rock, and there's no amount of time that I can spend uh, during this list to explain it to you. So, moving on. Number seven. This was a hard one. Number seven, I had to go with Shadow of the Tomb Raider. The Tome Raider. Now we read the we read the tomes so we can raid the tombs. We don't raid the tomes so we can read the tombs. Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Now the reason for this, even though in and I stand by my my review of Shadow of the Tomb Raider, even though its immediate predecessor. Rise of the Tomb Raider uh, came out also this year in terms of being on Linux um, and was a better game than Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which is the latest uh, sequel in the franchise. I regard the, the game prior to this one as being better because it had the endurance mode in it. However, I can't include that game on this list when Shadow of the Tomb Raider actually has supplanted Mad Max for being my absolute number one ultimate standard for visual beauty in a video game. So that had to go on this list. And it's it's a, it's a good game. It just doesn't have endurance mode. It, the visuals that it does have are astonishing. And uh, the jungle environments and the play mechanics are great too. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, the play mechanics are great. The visuals are breathtaking, though. And uh, the facial animations in Shadow of the Tomb Raider, um, the uh, shape masking and the expressions, I don't know how, I don't know if they're mo-capped with, like, actual face paint on them um, and then just mapped or if they are actually, like, rigged and animated that way because they are unbelievably gorgeous. They're the most expressive facial animations I've ever seen in my life. Um, outside of pixel trash, because some of those get me really hardcore. And then the environments are just astonishing. Um, and the lighting effects are incredible. The whole thing wrapped up together, it turns out to be game of the year material, and therefore it had to go on this list. It is infinitely prettier than the Soviet steps that you visit in, um, in uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Unfortunately, there is no endurance mode. 
this accounts for its low placing on this list. It's ranked at number seven. Number six is Everspace. Everspace, as as I've described um, in our review of it earlier this year, Everspace is a love letter to Descent Free Space and Six Degrees of Freedom uh, in video gaming. It's a roguelike where, I mean, the the visuals in it are unbelievable. The um, in-cockpit arcadiness of it is fantastic, but also heavily skills-based with some strategy. You know, it's just like, it's what I love about roguelikes. You know, you have some strategy, you have a little bit of luck, and then you have a lot of tactics. You know, what do I have with me now on this run, in this situation, right now? And beyond that, the voice acting and the story in that game, which... It you know I think it took me only like forty hours or fifty hours to beat the game the first time so it took me like maybe sixteen runs or something like that. Um, it'll keep you playing. It'll keep you playing, and you will love it. And you will the visuals are incredible. Like when you're flying through these giant fucking procedurally generated, um, just wastrel fucking derelict uh, husks of these gigantic capital ships, and you're fighting all these drones and all of these. Um, all these uh, two different alien factions who are, you know, basically out to get you <coughs> you will shit your pants I mean, you'll be like, oh my god, this is like the greatest video game ever, and you would be right that's why it's at number 6 number 5, Grand Theft Auto 5 Online now of course that includes Grand Theft Auto 5 but I would recommend if you've ever beaten Grand Theft Auto 5, to skip the fucking Grand Theft Auto 5 when you play it on Linux and just go straight to the online because the online now six years into Grand Theft Auto 5 is spectacular many people have complained if you, all you need to know about the game go back and listen to the full review of it which we did earlier this year um, all you really need to know is that everyone who says that there are paywalls and all this bullshit about Grand Theft Auto 5 really hasn't taken into account the idea of running uh, a unified economy for six fucking years while preventing inflation inside of the game. So if you want to grind it out, if you know, you're 13 or whatever and you have the time to grind it out, you can totally grind it out. There are no paywalls. It is exactly as it is. However, because the game is so cheap, especially right now, it's $14.99. Normally, uh, since we reviewed it, it retails at about $19.99, so about 20 bucks. Because it has such a low price point, I find it perfectly acceptable. And I find it a completely reasonable um, compromise between having, you know, outrageous inflation that drives away everyone who wants to play the fucking game. Um... You know, because, like, you know, when you have outrageous inflation, then you end up with this upper-tiered class of people who have everything, and then everyone who's new to the game or new to online or, like, you know, hasn't been playing it in, like, three or four or five or six years, like myself, um, is priced out of the market in terms of in-game currency. Like, you can't buy any of the cool shit that, that everyone else has. Well, you can. You can grind it out, which is not that difficult to do. Um, I would suggest reading a couple of game facts if you want to do it that way. It's a lot of fun doing it that way. Um, but eventually, uh, when you want to start making some big moves, I heartily recommend spending 20 bucks and get... For me, it was 20 bucks. I think it was on sale. Um, the uh, Criminal Enterprise Starter Pack. 
you'll get like a garage, you'll get, you know, blah, blah. And if that is not available anymore, if that Mockingbird is no longer singing for you, like if, if you can't get it at 20 bucks, I would still say that it's worth like the two twenty dollars investment. So 40 bucks investments to get, you know, like your first couple of million together um, and, and making some moves and buying some property and putting together your own criminal enterprise, enter, empire, enterprise, whatever the fuck from scratch. So you're still in and out the door at under 60 bucks and you can play it with the big kids. Um, but even if you don't do that, um, once you upgrade your character enough with reputa- rep- reputation points just by grinding missions, which you'll have to do anyway, you can make a million dollars in a day more or less, if you're really, really, really focused on, you know, putting together a million, and you'll have the repetition points, you know, if you spend 12 hours, you know, like, and trust me, it's easy to spend 12 hours in Grand Theft Auto 5, um, across all the game modes, like, from Team Deathmatch to Arena, to Sumo 2, to, um, just the cooperative missions, uh, through to, like, actually building your out-of-mission-based empire, and running, like, for me, it's cocaine. I run cocaine all throughout fucking Los Santos. Um, and it's very lucrative. Putting together, you know, your crew and your biker club and, you know, all this shit, it is an incredible value. Um, even at 60 bucks, it would be an incredible value. And it's one of the best multiplayer uh, games out there. Um, Beardy J and I have had a lot of fun with it. Uh, Fagledorf and I had a lot of fun with it um, and I've spent a lot of time in Grand Theft Auto 5 online I especially loved Sumo 2 which was so much fun um, so anyone who wants to complain about the paywalls or whatever they don't even understand what a fucking paywall is because that's a misnomer in terms of this game um, and the game hits you up It doesn't. it's not like Day X Mankind Divided if you want to know all about that go back and listen to the 4 hour review that we did last year of Day X Mankind Divide. Fuck, fuck that game. Do not buy that game. Do not play that game. So, that is number five, Grand Theft Auto 5 Online. Number four is Wolfenstein uh, 2, The New Colossus. Now, I, I was conflicted about this game because it's it's an intensely personal game for me. It gets so much better the more you play it it becomes addictive. Um, and I'm not going to tell you anything about the story or anything. It's the darkest game that I've played this year by far. Oh boy, is it dark. It is so dark. It is like, whoa. Mm. Ooh. But, storyline aside, the stealth mechanics that have made the reboots of Wolfenstein so fucking great starting with Wolfenstein uh the new or- the new order um they are all back they're all present and accounted for the the graphics in this are absolutely ball rippingly stunning and the amount of violence that you can churn out as BJ Blazkowicz Terror Billy is so unthinkably horrendous and the shit that you blow up the set pieces in the game the characters in the game and then the story of the game all combined with this you know awesome weapon systems 
which, you know, basically you can make anything akimbo, so you can wield two of any, you can wield one of any gun at once, one in each hand. Um, really, uh, I've never played a game quite like it. And, uh, The story, I mean, oh my god, the story is fucking fantastic. It 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 was awesome. It was awesome. I thought the story was absolutely fantastic. And that's why it ended up on this list at number four, because it was by far the best story that I've played all year. Um, it was better than, uh, you know, Witcher 3 might have a better story, but like I said, I did not play a lot of Witcher 3. Um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, the story in that is mediocre. It's just above mediocre, but it's not as good as the story of the original reboot of Tomb Raider. Wolfenstein 2 has the best story of any Wolfenstein game ever. And it has the best graphics of any Wolfenstein game ever. It has a lot of replayability to it. It is super dark, and the graphics are top of ch- uh, chop a block. They are top notch, fucking unbelievable, blow your mind, fucking graphics. They are incredible. That brings us to number three. Oh my god, we are rocketing through this list. Good. I'm trying to get us in and out of here in under an hour. That's what she said. Oh, number three is Doom, the 2016 uh, reboot. I think it was 2016. Uh, let's find out. But Doom, in stark contrast to Wolfenstein uh, 2, the new Colossus, Doom is notable. Oh my god, it's such a good game. I'm just looking at screenshots of this. I'm like, do you mind if I if I take a personal moment here to unzip and just uh, have a little... <laughs> okay, good. There, there, we're done. Um... Doom was the first mind-blowingly motherfucker well one of the first of the Proton era for me you can get it now 25% off at $14.99 Doom, the story of Doom the reboot is the exact it's almost the exact same story as the original Doom which is fantastic the homages that are paid in the Doom 2016 reboot, which just came to Linux via Proton, you know, this year, so it it this is that's why it's being included, are fantastic. It's full Vulcan. The literally okay, so how many hours have I spent in Doom? 64.5 hours on record in Doom. Why is this number three? I always, the closer we get to number one, I always feel it's important to take a little bit more time to explain the justification for the decision. Doom, out of 65 plus hours of playing Doom, I've beaten it twice. It has an arcade mode on top of it, which adds a whole new play mechanic. So you can play the entire game again in arcade mode and just, it's like uh, each level is sliced up into... Uh, arcade mode, le- ar- arcade sized um, challenges in-, in which if you die, you die permanently. That's it. You have to start from, you know, blah, the beginning. And they have a different scoring system and leaderboards and etc. So that adds like a huge amount of, of, of uh, what do you call it, replayability. But 
the number one reason I'm going to be really honest here that uh, Doom is at number three is that out of 65 hours when you get close enough to melee anyone be them be they imp or giant red floaty ball sack guy like a ghast or you know some sort of missile spewing skeleton monster with jetpacks or whatever when you get close enough to melee them and you melee them regardless of whether or not you have the chainsaw if they are weak enough to be finished which almost every creature in the game is the second you get close enough to them um you will do something an animation that I was still seeing new animations at the last time I played the game. Also notable for, so that's just the sheer variety of animations in terms of finishing moves, and they're all fantastic. They all take no longer, at the farthest reaches of them, they take five seconds. Generally, they take about two to four seconds. Contains the most grotesque thing I've ever done to anything in a first-person shooter. I ran up to an imp. I grabbed using my... Okay, I have to, like, orient myself in a mirror posture for to imagine this. Ran up to him. Flipped him around. Using my right hand, I grabbed the top of his jaw and left hand the bottom of his jaw and I ripped him in half. As I ripped his head in half, I ripped him in half. Something like that. That's pussy shit. Doom is not for the faint of heart. It is the most graphically violent video game I've ever played since Doom 2. No bullshit. It is hardcore. It, and if you've played Doom 1 and Doom 2 back in the day, Doom and Doom 2, um you will be thrilled and delighted at seeing these um, fucking top of the line. I mean, top of the line. I'm not going to say the word that I, I don't like to say. You know, there's a term for really big budget games that, you know, have big marketing behind them and everything. I'm not going to say that word. I'm not going to say AAA. I'm not... Oh, fuck, you got me to say it. We're talking about like you see the things that you remember from your childhood as being two-dimensional pixelated sprites fully rendered in absolutely horrifying monstrous 3D and you will fucking slaughter them. Um, Add to that the fact that the chainsaw is now like the ultimate super weapon uh, and other little touches like that um... I mean, there's no stealth component to Doom. So, in spite of that, though, it is such a fantastic game. And it's great to play multiplayer uh, with your friends who also run Linux, because Boldy and I were the only two people who could really get it to get to work in multiplayer. The other thing about Doom is it includes the Snap Map Editor built right in, which is one of the best map editors I've ever seen since um, uh, Time Splitters, the original Time Splitters on the PlayStation. Um, It's an entirely modular map editor with just, it's incredibly easy. It'll take an 
It'll take you 30 minutes to learn the basics. It'll take you two hours to learn some of the more advanced techniques. It'll take you five hours total to really make whatever fucking kind of map you want. Um, We're talking about point and click simplicity throughout. There's no coding. It kills me that they're planning to make a sequel to Doom that does not include the snap map editor because it was fantastic. It also means that you can play all of the snap map maps that other people have made. You can make multiplayer snap maps. You can make single player snap maps. You can make um, cooperative snap maps. You can make story based snap maps. You can do whatever the fuck it is you want with snap map without having to learn a single line of code. Uh, And it'll teach you a lot about logic and logic gates and stuff. Um, You will love it. It will blow your mind. Mm. As will all the personal mythology behind your actual character as it's revealed to you with stunning voice acting. Awesome. The environments are fucking unbelievably gorgeous. All at a solid 60 frames per second. Like you would not believe. Thank you, Vulcan. Um... That brings us to number two. Now remember, we have two more and then we have our game of the year for this year. So number two on our list. Boy, we're getting up there, aren't we? Number two. Speaking of horrific graphic acts of first-person violence, I just realized we don't have a single strategy. Oh, well, no, we don't really have a strategy game on here. Oh, well, fuck them. That kind of sucks. No, I didn't play any strategy games this year, though, really, in all honesty. Uh, except for Space Tyrant. Um, okay, so number two is Low Wang. Shadow Warrior 2. Oh, let me count the ways. Um, when you cut someone... When you cut someone's head off, like, clean at the neck, you know, just a straight X cut. Like, you know, you have X and Y. Whoa, parallel. Bam, parallel to their hips. You cut off their head. And then before they hit the ground, you cut off, you, you, you subdivide diagonally their torso into three sushi-sized giant pieces. And then also cut off one of their arms before they hit the ground. That means you know that you are Lo Wang. And you are a badass Lo Wang. Shadow Warrior 2 takes everything that was good about the original Shadow Warrior, or the, the reboot, Shadow Warrior 1, and amplifies it. It takes it to literally the next level. We're talking customizable weapons, Upgradable weapons. In Shadow Warrior 2, there is a fucking excellent balance because you have fast weapon switching, basically. Um, you you can switch from melee weapons to ranged weapons in, almost instantaneously, meaning that there is now a purpose for the ranged weapons all the way into the fucking dead end of the game. The game doesn't really end when you finish the game. Um, You can continue to unlock shit. Uh, And there's also a multiplayer aspect of the game that I've never explored, because, you know, blah. But, okay, so there's that. Then there's the enemies. 
are fantastic. The only reason why Shadow Warrior 2 kind of edged out Doom and Wolfenstein is that Shadow Warrior 2 is less depressing than Wolfenstein 2, and it's almost as pretty, but it has more weapons, more customizations for the weapons, um, and has a better, well, not better, has a different and more evenly uh, balanced, uh, what do you call it, uh, not just progression, because that makes it sound linear. Um, oh yeah, and then there's the graphic violence. It is fantastic. It is fantastic. And the story in uh, Shadow Warrior 2 is not that bad at all either. Now, we're going to break with tradition here, although we did kind of break with tradition by including The Witcher 3. I just felt that like if we did not have The Witcher 3 in our top 10, that someone would fucking firebomb my house. So... We had to put The Witcher 3 in there. I felt obligated. Now you know, I'm being held hostage by the audience. So our number one game, not our game of the year, but our number one game. <laughs> this is going to piss everyone off. <laughs> no, it's not Katamari Damashi re-rolled. No, it's not even on our honorable mentions. Is Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain? A full review of which you can expect within the first two weeks of January. I'm now 54 hours into this game and it is unlike, it is the Metal Gear Solid game that we always wanted or that I always wanted or that people like me always wanted um, but never got. Especially after mm, especially after I don't know if I expressed this on the podcast but I've expressed it on the live stream Metal Gear Solid, the as a franchise, failed me for the last time with Snake Eater, which I thought was an abomination. And someone asked me, oh, wow, on the live stream yesterday, just yesterday, oh, really? Wow, everyone loves Snake Eater. I'm like, yeah, they're all fucking morons, and I was writing for the paper at the time, and I'm still the guy in control of the podcast. So, yeah, in 20 years on, I get to, I get to retain, I get to keep my own counsel. Snake Eater was an abomination. And so the guy asked me why I felt that way. And I thought, what a good question. Simply put, I had never beaten, I've never beaten any game more than Metal Gear Solid and Metal Gear Solid Sons of Liberty. I've beaten those two games more times than I can, literally I can count. I mean, literally we're talking like upwards of 40 times, 20, 40, 60 times. Always hoping... I have every dog tag. Except for one from both of them. I'm missing one dog tag from both of them on Nightmare Mode or whatever the fuck the hardest unbelievable unlock hard mode was. Which was really hard. And then they make me wait for like eight years. Hideo Kojima makes me wait for like eight years and they come out with Snake Eater. And Snake Eater was like taking a shit in my mouth. Because... It basically said that everything that we have just done in the last two games was all a joke. It was all just fun and games. And this is just a game, Snake. Ha ha ha. Yeah, you know, blah. And now we're going to have ridiculous enemies. We're going to have the worst translation of the worst dialogue ever in the history of the world. Sure, we're going to pair it up with like the most beautiful fucking visuals you've ever seen on a PlayStation 2, but it's still going to take a shit in your mouth. 
because everything that you've done, it was all just a silly joke. This is all just fun and games. It's like, oh, you know, it's like uh, the Bruce Lee quote, you know, Kung Fu is like a ballet, but a play is played seriously. Kojima just fucking, you know, and I said, I swore off the entire Metal Gear Solid franchise after I had to review that game. Oh my God, it made me want to vomit having to put that on my top five games of the year for that year. But, but you know, people would have rebelled if I hadn't. So, I took a long, I swore off all Metal Gear Solid games, and they made a lot of them uh, since Snake Eater, you know, which is like late Jurassic era. Snake Eater still has like the best fire and water effects I may have ever seen in any video game, except for uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Um, I did play a little bit of Revengeance, but that had nothing to do with Metal Gear. I mean, it's absolutely nothing to do with Metal Gear. It's bewildering. Um, and I wasn't uh, in the in the business anymore at that point, which was great. For reals, it was wonderful because I didn't have to fucking beat that game and review it. Um, and then, you know, the great silence descended. And I saw, you know, people told me, oh, freaking Metal Gear Solid 5, Phantom Pain, it's out. Yeah, go fuck yourselves. Then, through the Humble Bundle this year, because I subscribed to it monthly, I had all of those games that I had to get rid of. Uh, Many listeners, I hope you got some of those games because I gave away a hundred licenses to top-tier games. Um, over the last two months, more or less. Um, and among them was Metal Gear Solid V The Phantom Pain. And so I just redeemed the Steam key and I just wanted to see if it would run. And run it did. And it actually might be the best Metal Gear Solid game that they've ever made. It's the only one that Hideo Kojima needs to not be ashamed of to have put his name all over, and he put his name all over it. So what's so great about Metal Gear Solid Five? I'll, I'll tell you, well, I'll tell you later in a review, but in short, and I will repeat this in the review, bottom line is Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain is a cross between, it. you can go either way, it's either Metal Gear Solid crossed with Grand Theft Auto uh, Five. Or Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, or it's Grand Theft Auto San Andreas crossed with Metal Gear Solid. So what does that mean? It means either that it has uh, a severe in the first case in the in the former, it has a severe emphasis on stealth, while having tremendously huge open free roaming environments as you uh, build, you know, kind of a kind of your own empire. Or, alternatively, in the case of the latter, you know, being um, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas crossed with Metal Gear Solid, it is free-roaming everything with solid stealth elements. It depends on how you want to play the game. And the choices you make in this game are just fantastic. You have endless choices, endless tactical abilities and the graphics are fantastic the new engine is incredible the characters are awesome um and the weapons are fast responsive the control system 
as ever is as good as Metal Gear Solid, the original was. Um, with free roaming. Free roaming madness. Uh, and you're not penalized so much for overt acts of violence in this game as you have been in the in the past. It just it just depends on what your objective is and what you what you ultimately really are trying to do. Um, fifty six hours or whatever I'm into the game. I'm only eleven percent complete. I am addicted to this game. It is by far. It is head and shoulders above every other game on this list. Um, I beat Shadow of the Tomb Raider under fucking 40 hours. Uh, same thing with Everspace. You know, right around 50 hours I beat it the first time. Grand Theft Auto Five Online is old. Wolfenstein uh, 2, The New Order, or The New Colossus. See how many... I've played a lot of hours in The New Colossus. 45 hours. That's still not 56 hours, and I've only been playing Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain for like the last two weeks. So there you go. That brings us to Best Linux Games Podcast 2018 Game of the Year. The best, the single best game that we have played this year that came out for Linux, right, Proton or whatever, our game of the year this year for 2018 is No Man's Sky, which I'm sure is going to piss everyone off, but that's okay because they need to go buy No Man's Sky. In brief, I'm going to give you just a thumbnail. Go back and listen to our full review of No Man's Sky earlier this year. Um, no Man's Sky came out about two years ago. It was kickstarted heavily. It came out as a broken game. No one liked it. It was very bad. I never got to play it during those, during that era. Right after Proton dropped, No Man's Sky released their biggest update ever. And it fixed everything that was wrong with the game. That's the only way I can explain it. I don't know what was actually wrong with the game prior to, but it took them two years to do it. No Man's Sky is one of the best games I've ever played in my entire life. It is a free-roaming, space-exploring, pseudo-endless game with just awesome technology, awesome environments, procedurally generated planets, universes, procedurally generated creatures on all of those planets and all of those uh, solar systems, um, galaxies, universes um, an incredible story that uh, you don't realize has sucked you in until like your balls deep sideways into it and you can't stop playing um, an incredible incredible um, incredible yet also incredibly unintuitive and difficult to learn and difficult to master but once you do then it's just insane what you can do uh, building system um, works great on multiplayer. You can play with up to four of your friends. You can jump into other people's games with your own shit at will, just randomly. Um, and it, it fills you with such an overwhelming sense of of exploration, adventure, and exploration again, and also exploration. 
and the uh, pervasive loneliness and uh, isolation of what it must be like to be this kind of explorer in the far-flung science fiction future. And you will see things. Let's see how many hours I've spent playing No Man's Sky. 293 hours. That's nowhere near, like, the max that I've ever done for a year, um, at least in terms of this podcast. Um, over the last two, uh, maybe two years ago or last year, I spent, I logged over a thousand hours in seven days to die in under six months, which is ridiculous, something like that. No Man's Sky is our game of the year. If you've not tried it, do not rely on the word of your friends. Try the game. Right now, I think No Man's Sky is still half off throughout the rest of the Steam Winter Sale at only 30 bucks. That's still a little expensive for a game that has failed, but trust me, I paid $60 for this game, and it is worth full price, all price, every price, all the time. The multiplayer elements are not um, super important. It's really the... Uh, the single player campaign that that will that will get your rocks off, but No Man's Sky is our game of the year for 2018. Now that brings us to our honorable mentions. First off, we have Bayonetta. Bayonetta, finally, my one of my favorite games of all time. I mean, oh my god, it's oh boy, I love Bayonetta. I mean, I love Bayonetta. Cannot express to you how much I love Bayonetta. I'm not going to go into why Bayonetta is a game that you need to play. Um, if you haven't played it, uh, but I will simply say this, Bayonetta, she will explode your fucking face off, and it's going to blow your fucking face off, you're going to love it, and it runs great on Pro, uh, Proton, um, I've only waited forever to be able to play Bayonetta this, with, you know, this kind of excellent, uh, no tweaks, no, nothing required. You know, bam, you're playing Bayonetta. Bayonetta. The shuttle remains calm. Bayonetta. Um, next, Tekken 7, which was, and I tried to, you know, uh, skirt around this issue, Tekken 7 was the first Proton game that I think we bought for this show after uh, man, many thanks to uh, Beardy J um, for tipping us off about Proton that month. Um, and we ran Tekken 7, and I almost shit my pants. I was like, what? This actually runs. And it does. And it runs great in multiplayer. Um, the graphics are fantastic. Well, it is no Soul Calibur 6, however. As much as I have a closer attachment to Tekken 7 than I do really to Soul Calibur, I probably spent about as much time in both of them. But whatever. Um... Soul Calibur 6 is the better game, in my humble opinion. Then, up next, N++. That is the letter N with two plus markers. Two plus signs, like as in arithmetic. N++, which is not on sale, but, um... And you can still play for free on the interwebs. It, it got to start as a Flash game. Um... N++ is fantastic. And N++ gives you a lot of stuff that N, uh, as a Flash game, does not give you, including leaderboards and uh, all sorts of shit. It is a huge game. It is not on sale, though, which 
is depressing because that game it's it's going to be a game that you will you know you're you're going to give it to your grandkids and they're going to love it not kidding then there's Vanquish V A N Q U I S H Vanquish is an old um I want to say PlayStation 2 game with really good graphics but an interesting combat system um, it's another one of those games that if you want to like do an interesting uh, Proton demo for your friends who don't believe that Proton actually runs on Linux or that you know these games can't run on Linux, this is a full bore fucking balls out action game. It's a third person shooter where you have power armor that basically allows you to instantaneously power slide through these um, str- uh, through these rapid fire strategic situations literally it's a strategic situation you have to figure out what it is you're going to try to do then tactically you have to make it happen um but the thing about Vanquish is and this might help jog your memory if it sounds familiar but you can't quite place it um they uh evil Russians have microwaved all of San Francisco with a suborbital like uh death microwave beam you were the last capital ship to get into their ultimate cyberspace fort, and you have this uh, DARPA-issued super combat armor that lets you power slide. Like, you can, like, literally drop onto your back and using jump jets, power slide. So it's like you're you're flying while crouching in a car on the ground, but you're just normal human size. It doesn't, like, tra- you know, transform you or anything to wherever it is that you want to go and you have this full complement of exceptionally deadly weapons um, and it's it's great fun and it, it was a great game back then um, I never beat it uh, but I did play about 3 hours of it on Steam I think um, so I thought Vanquish needed to be mentioned and then finally uh, Vampire V-A-M-P-Y-R a game that uh, is still uh, 50% off at I think 30 bucks um, I've not been able to play it enough to really add it to this list at all in any meaningful way, but I thought it deserved an honorable mention because it got in just under the wire, and um, it's really impressive. So with that, that concludes our year, our fourth year of uh, doing the Best Links Games podcast. Thank you so much to everyone who's listened. Um, thank you so much to uh, all of our friends, Bully Lockers, Beardy J, uh, even though Snail Squatch hates me, Merry, uh, Happy New Year, Snail Squatch, happy and healthy to all of you all, um, and oh my goodness, and many more, and we're going to have so much fun in the new year, so there we go, so mind you, mind you, kick it, alright, well, I don't know if we have any music for us at the end of the show, but should old acquaintance be forgotten, never brought to mind. Ah, should all the grains be forgotten? Oh, days of old anxiety. Cheers, my friends. Linux Ascendant!
a good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy oh, four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yaddy yaddy four or five times. Matt Damon. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.